Welcome to the Metis Tech Show, a show for HVAC professionals by HVAC professionals. So I heard, Mark, that you uh, dabble in brewing mead. Is that correct? It is true, although dabble might not be the exact right term. Okay. <laughs> this is this is both a science and an art. Really? So it's okay. uh, you got to be pretty far into it to get this right. Now, I've had mead once in my life, and that was at a Renaissance fair. And it was, if I remember correctly, it was kind of a fruity tasting, kind of a cider beer. Am I correct in saying that? It wide it varies widely, Steve. Okay. Mead is actually the original adult beverage. It was probably a caveman somewhere who had harvested some honey, and honey by itself has extremely long life. It's it's almost the perfect preservative. But if you mix some water in with it, it will ferment. And he probably thought, Oh no, I've ruined my precious honey until he he took a few <laughs> slugs of it and found it was a whole new concept. Interesting. I, I've seen documentaries before from people going in, in, in Egypt finding honey that is thousands of years old and it's still preserved. Right. Exactly. Exactly the point. In its native state, it will last virtually forever, but you add some water and it becomes fermentable. And that's where mead comes from. You can ferment it with water but what you're probably experiencing in the Renaissance Fair is you can also mix it with fruit juices. Various fruit juices okay. have the same purpose. They dilute the honey. They give a base that your yeast can work on and convert that sugar into alcohol. And that's actually called a methaglin when you combine fruit juice with honey. And probably the most popular, if anything in this field is not highly popular, but an apple juice-based mead is called a sizer. And you can get some really nice uh, beverages for this time of the year where you've put some nutmeg and cinnamon in there with the Sounds apple. Sounds fantastic. It's and very the honey. seasonal. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's great stuff, Mark. Welcome to the Metis Tech Show. My name is Steve Pimentel, Technical Training Manager at Metis and also instructor out of Boston. I have a special guest with us today. I'd like to introduce Mr. Mark Kuntz, CEO of Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US. Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself and your history in HVAC. Well, thank you, Steve. It's, it's my pleasure to be here. I, I joined the HVAC industry at the age of 19. Wow. I was an installer for Atlas Furnace Company in Sunnyvale, California. And I, I won't reveal my age, but that means I've been in the industry for 40 years. Wow. So you can okay. do the math. It was uh, a great basis for understanding our business, probably from the very, very ground uh, you know, entry point. Yep. I was the smallest guy on the installation team, so I got to crawl around in the attics, pulling flex duct through the insulation, or on a good day, I'd get to go down under the house in the crawl space where it was oh, wow. at least a little bit cooler. But I would have loved to have uh, access to ductless in those days because my job was pulling flex duct. Okay. So any basements in California? Because I'm from New England, so we have basements. You say crawl spaces. Yeah, there's no basement. A, okay. a deep crawl space was about 18 inches. Okay. Thus, I got the job. Yeah. You know, and they, they, they varied down from there. 
Right. And and I came from the same place. I've been in the trade for 30 years, but I started off by crawling in attics, right? I actually worked with something called Duckboard. I don't know if you're familiar with sure. Duckboard. Oh, Back yeah. It was very popular in the 90s and went home itchy every day. It wasn't fun. Yeah. So Fiberglass will do that to you. Yeah. So, you know, and then after that, I, I got tired of hot attics and uh, got into a service van and, you know, spent spent again, 30 years in the trade. And now I'm here. I'm here in Metis. We're going to talk about something that you specialize in lately, and that's the Inflation Reduction Act. Can you tell us a little bit about the Inflation Reduction Act? Sure. This was legislation that was introduced in Congress earlier this year. It constitutes the single largest investment in climate-related technologies and included in it are two very major benefits for the sale of highly efficient, qualified heat pumps. There's a rebate program and there's a tax credit program, both of them targeting heat pumps by specific call-out. And those are the particular aspects of this that we're, we're very excited about. Excellent. So at the end of the day, what exactly does the IRA do? It gets highly efficient heat pump technology into the hands of more Americans. In fact, it's the, the rebate portion of it, which is called uh, <laughs> right. HERAP. There's <laughs> many different pronunciations. It's a mouthful, right? Yeah, it stands something like Highly Efficient Electric Home Rebate Program. Right. So get, get HERAP out of that. This is targeting low and middle income households, and they define low income as 80% of the median income in the, in the area that that neighborhood is located. A homeowner or a household that fits that definition can get rebates for various electrification projects in their home. For a heat pump, for example, it's an $8,000 rebate. Wow. If they need a circuit breaker panel upgrade to serve the heat pump, there's $4,000 in there for that. And if they need additional wiring, as a new heat pump would, there's $2,500 in there for that. There are other measures as well, like converting your, your water heater to heat pump type, uh, converting your stove to an induction electric, and uh, various others. But the big, the big boy in that is, is the heat pump, and there's $8,000 for the heat pump. If you're a low-income household, there's no copay. That wow. $8,000 is right off the top, and you're not paying for that at all. The contractor would put together a proposal for you. That $8,000 comes right off the top. Okay. The contractor is funded directly through his state energy office, and the homeowner is not out of pocket for that. If you're a middle-income household, it's a 50% copay. You can still get the $8,000, but it's half of what your total contract price is. So you've got to pay 50%. But in either case, these rebates are going to allow this technology to get into the hands of a lot of people that would not previously have been able to consider it because of the first cost. The tax credits are for everybody else. It's not income-based. It's a 30% reduction in the, in, in the cost of the installed product. And that comes out as a tax credit on your, on your tax return. 
and that's capped at $2,000 for heat pumps. Again, there's a number of other measures that qualify for this tax credit, but heat pumps are the biggest, and that's $2,000. The interesting thing is that's per year, and this is a 10-year program. So if you if you did a series of single-zone additions to your house, you could you could continue to get that tax credit every year for the next 10 years. That's amazing. Now, the big question that I had before we did this podcast is how cuz our audience is technicians in the truck. Right? So how does how does this benefit them? And I think the answer is having this ammunition, having this information ready to go in case a customer maybe ask them about the rebates or ask them about the, the tax credits, or they can go back to their employer and tell them about it if uh, their employer is un- unaware. Those tax credits are every for, for 10 years, you said? Yeah, there's a $2,000 per year tax credit available for qualifying heat pumps. And of course, Metis is already publishing all of the currently available information on both of these rebates. We'll continue to have those materials available on our website. There's a printed form. That would be a great way to keep all of our contracting partners current with what's going on with the program. I'll tell you the the single most important word that I've said, and I want to elaborate on a little bit, is qualifying heat pump. Okay. The, the, the language in the bill talks about heat pumps generically, but then it says what it takes to qualify. And that's a very important concept. There's two ways that a heat pump qualifies. If we're talking about the rebate program, the HEHARP program, yep. the qualifying criteria is Energy Star 6.1. Wow. On okay. the tax credit side, it's CEE highest tier. That's a different energy efficiency standard, but the two are almost identical. And Metis has gone through all of our product offerings, and we've identified each combination that meets both the Energy Star and the 25C CEE qualification threshold. Now, I'll point out these are very high standards. Okay. It requires efficient heating, efficient cooling. It requires those on a seasonal level via SEER and HSPF, and it requires it on an instantaneous level via EER. You put all that together, and it's an extremely difficult standard to achieve. Your conventional heat pump out on the market won't get there. To get there, you need variable speed, you need sophisticated controls, you need variable capacity indoors and outdoors. And fortunately... That's right in the sweet spot of what Metis does. As right. Steve, you would know well, yeah. we don't sell anything that's not variable speed. Right, yeah. Most manufacturers don't. And in fact, Metis has more qualifying heat pumps than the rest of the industry combined. So yeah. we're very well situated for our customers to be able to offer a wide selection of products to their customers that qualify for either the rebate or the tax credit. That's just amazing, Mark. So it, it sounds like there's still some unknowns with the rebate program from what I've heard. It's going to take a few months for the states to um, hash out the HEHARP. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, the the way this is this works is Congress designated $4.3 billion for the rebate portion. 
and stated that that would be administered through state energy offices. So if you're up in the Northeast, you've probably heard of NYSERDA. Yeah. If you're on the West Coast, you've probably heard of the California Energy Commission. These are examples of state energy offices. The federal government doesn't want to be in the business of running programs in 50 states. Right. So they're going to take that $4.3 billion and allocate it out to each state energy office. And they're in the process of developing a blueprint for how they'd like to see that administered. Now, the law already lays out some of the criteria, like I've described, the dollar amounts, the qualification, there's a lot of people, the, the income levels, right. those are defined, but the states can decide exactly how they want to administer these programs. So DOE is going to issue a blueprint early 2023. The states will have a chance to take that into consideration, offer some suggestions. They plan to finalize that blueprint by about June and then the states will begin submitting their proposals state by state through the rest of the year. Some of the states are going to come out of the blocks fast. They've got very aggressive energy offices, and they're going to have great ideas to begin with. Okay, yeah. Some of them aren't, aren't as engaged, and it'll probably take them some time to, to get up to speed. Generally, the expectation is all of the states will have submitted by the end of 2023 – and we'll be up and running and ready to go for 2024. Some may have jump, may jump in a little faster than that, but that's kind of the general sense that we're getting, that it's going to be about a year of setting this all up and then get ready and hit the ground running on, on January 2024. Now, that is the rebate. 25C is a couple of weeks from now. Right. Takes January effect. 1st, 2023. Okay. And again, that's not income-based. Any customer can qualify for that. Has to be qualifying equipment. But if our customer, if our contractor partner puts in a qualifying heat pump on January first, their customer can get a tax credit on their tax returns when they file their twenty twenty three taxes. Now, um, if I understood that correctly, uh, when I read up on some of this, that also qualifies uh, home hot water heat pumps as well. That's true. There's a separate category for that over and above the $8,000. Now, currently we have a commercial hot water heat 2.0 system. Now, uh, is there a residential hot water heating system that Metis is going to bring in in the future? Mitsubishi Electric has a broad line of what we call air to water, which means hot water heat pumps yeah. that they're, they're selling currently in Asia and in Europe. And because of what you just asked, I actually did some travel earlier this fall to see that in operation in England and in France. Oh, wow. Okay. And that product has become so popular that it's their single largest selling product line. They sell more air-to-water heat pumps than M-Series, P-Series, or City Multi. Really? It's wow. their single, single largest category. They've got some very sophisticated systems. Again, this isn't your traditional heat you know heat pump sitting on top of a water heater like we've got here in the states right this is a split system so you're you're not just cannibalizing heat from your indoors you're bringing the heat in from outdoors they've got systems that are combined space heating cooling and water heating all with one outdoor condensing unit they've got other systems that are one to one specifically as boiler replacements so just air to water but a, a very broad line of of well proven 
highly efficient products and we're investigating those for potential use in our market. Don't have them now. You mentioned the commercial side. We do residential side. It's going to take a little bit of time, but we're working on it. Yeah. These kind of incentives provide an opportunity for us to really accelerate that path. I'm excited to see that. That's going to be um, gigantic in the market. So 2023 looks like it's gearing up to be a very busy year for contractors uh, with all all of these rebates and tax credits, it right? sure is. We're we're enthusiastic about it. I'll, I'll tell you what we're doing. We've identified all of the qualifying equipment that we make, and then we've further identified which of those models historically have been installed for around ten thousand dollars. We think that's going to be an absolute center of the target. By the time we come around to a year from now, and these programs are ready to go. We're going to be fully stocked with that kind of qualifying heat pump because if you think about it, Steve, if the installed price is around $10,000 and that's $8,000 for the heat pump, $2,000 for the electrical. Okay, yeah. They can offer that to a, to a low-income household for free. And wow. That's going, to yeah. move, that's going to move the needle. Yes, definitely. Well, Mark, thank you again for taking the time to be here today. We talked about... The tax credits, we talked about HEHARP. Uh, we talked about Mead today. This has been an interesting- <laughs> All of my sp- favorite topics. Yes. All in one, Ab- absolutely. one conversation. Yeah. If you'd like more information um, on the Inflation Reduction Act, you can visit uh, MitsubishiComfort.com. You can also visit MitsubishiComfort.com Inflation Reduction Act and look for a list of qual- qualifying products. Mark, thank you again for being here today. Um, This has been excellent. Thank you, Steve. I've appreciated the opportunity and look forward to keeping your audience surprised as this continues to develop. Love to have you back again. Thank you. 